What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Thank you so much for joining us for the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Our good friend, licensed realtor from Remax Results, Mimi Shoneman, is here. And I uh, know that you also brought a guest today, Mimi. So I who did. do we have with us as well? Well, he's kind of a, a local celebrity. There we go. Yeah, I know. We like um, local famous friends. I know. He's mm-hmm. my buddy, JP, <laughs> John Liesenfeld. Um, hey, John. Hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, yep, we got to hit that button right there. All there right. Go. All right. Hello, yeah. hello. Thank you, John, for joining us here on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Yeah, so John... Um, John is a past client of mine and we worked together when I was a, a newbie. Yes. And um, anyway, so he has started a really phenomenal nonprofit called One Love Brigade. Oh, fantastic. And so um, we're going to talk a little bit about what that is and how that got started. And one of the things we're going to talk about that I think is really important that John is actually an expert about is how do you discern, like, what is a good neighborhood? Right. Like, for instance, in Minneapolis, there are so many neighborhoods. And if you just pick, like, one, there's still, like, all these different segments, like in Northeast, for instance, where John lives. Um, there's, like, 12 different zones, different boroughs in within that community. How do you go about figuring out which one is for me and what's the difference between them. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But we're also going to be talking about how can you help One Love Brigade um, and their endeavor to bring bikes down to Jamaica. Oh, And so Jamaica is kind of like our link, John and mine. Um, So we can start off. Let's talk a little bit about uh, One Love Brigade. So kind of talk about how, how did you have that vision and what does it look like now? Yeah, well, uh, I started One Love Brigade a few years back. I've been going to Jamaica for, this will be my 32nd trip back um, to the island. So I started when we were 16 years old. We stole my buddy's dad's credit card, and we took <laughs> off uh, to Jamaica. No luggage, nothing. Um, literally, Just love. And uh, ended up in Jamaica for three weeks and came back. And on, survived. Yeah, we did. That's we were, an adventure. We didn't see each other for about 15 years after that day. Um, <laughs> you were grounded. You were on lockdown. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we've been going to Jamaica forever. And, and about four or five years ago, I was in Jamaica, and I sponsored a couple of kids there to help assist with their school costs and needs and stuff. And I saw one of the kids I sponsored, Paul, he was riding this homemade bike, welded together in like 20 different pieces to make this homemade bike, basically. And I saw like 25 kids all staring at him, watching. And I was like, "Why are the, where are the bikes? You right. know, and and they go, JP, there's no bikes here. You know, the average salary in Jamaica just went from a dollar twenty an hour to a dollar fifty seven. So a parents feasibly can't afford to give their child a bike. And that's great that you are sharing that story because so many places that we are privileged enough to go as uh, a resort de- uh, destination or someplace that we go on vacation, we don't really take the time to stop down and go, but what is it like to actually live here? You know, and especially in a lot of those economies, there are the people who get to go to the resorts and then there are the people that work at the resorts and that's a huge wage de- gap. And the people that work at the resorts, I mean, those are really fantastic jobs for the community, right? Oh, yeah. Just to get a job at a mm-hmm. resort is like such a blessing. But while you're sitting at your all-inclusive and you, right. you spend thousands of dollars that week, realize that the person serving you 
makes a dollar fifty seven an hour. Exactly. You know, and you're lucky if you have that job. Right. So and- it's it's really it's humbling. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, JP and I, actually, we were just talking, reminiscing a little bit back before the show started. So, you know, when we were first connected, I remember um, you guys, you and your wife, you registered on an online internet lead that came in to me as a new real estate agent. And, of course, I'm working it hard to get them in there because, you know, I'm like new and I'm like ready to go. Let's do this. Right. So You're like, this will be a success. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we did meet at a property and uh, it was it was not a not the best property. OK. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And if you want to flower it up, JP, go for it. Yeah, it was uh, it was I think it was in Roseville was the first property we looked at. And we went to it. I remember it was yellow. It was pretty rough. And we walked in and, you know, met Mimi. And, and it was really funny right away. We started talking to Mimi and and um, she was like, hey, you know, we've got this deal when you have a realtor. You know, you sign this agreement, and my wife is freaking out. She's like, I'm not signing nothing. Like, freak, freaking <laughs> so, out. You know what I mean? So I just met these people, and I'm getting them all about the agency disclosure. I'm like, you're signing this agency disclosure. Right. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you about it. And then we're having this conversation about Jamaica. Right. And they're just getting ready to go to Jamaica to get married, and I got married in Jamaica. Oh, okay. So that we have this thing going on with Jamaica, and they're like, yeah, we got to go, because we got to go get married. <laughs> yep. So... So anyway, so that's kind of how we knew each other. And then when we got back, we continued looking for property. And JP uh, is and was a radio DJ mm-hmm. on 93X. And the interesting thing was, is I listened, that was the, I listened to Drive 105, which right. is an alternative radio station or was. Was. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know I was talking to the guy that I listened to every single week. <laughs> right. And I'm like a huge fan, but I didn't know, I didn't know him. And so I'm like man, you sound like somebody I know, (laughs) you know, and it was so weird and it's like totally my jam, you know, the, the alternative music. So that's kind of, which is always so funny because you work in radio. I'm sure that that happens to you a lot, JP, when you're like sitting there going, yeah. And then you just kind of pick and choose when are you going to drop the, yeah, I'm local famous, you know, kind of thing. We're like, I just want to buy this house. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then I'm I'm thinking to myself, why are you working with me? You you know, you know, 5,000 different people, but you know, sometimes it's better to work with somebody you don't know. It's true. It's true. Mm -hmm. When we, I right away was ready to sign. My wife is crazy. So she was like holding off and I'm like, just sign it. Who cares? And, um, you know, so eventually I talked to my wife, she signed it. And then that was the start of our relationship with Mimi. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was awesome. We had, we had a really good time um, looking at different properties and checking out a few places and we have some memorable ones that we we did look (laughs) right but I think that a lot of what you talk about Mimi is that it is about building a relationship and finding somebody that communicates to you the way that you need when you're looking for a realtor well you know it was back in the day when the market was down and so you bought right before it went to the bottom yeah. right and so it was still a pretty you know prices were a little higher it was still a pretty good brisk pace and you know so we got out we got after it we looked at a bunch of different places but the funniest thing was is you know because i'm still listening to drive 105 because my favorite station he's on there talking about our shopping experience <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm like, there's no pressure there. <laughs> no, it, it was it was great. I remember, you know, just saying about saying some of the houses we went to. One, um, Mimi and I both remember we walked into and like the the smell of cat urine like Aww. knocked us off our our feet pretty right. much, and we were just like, and it was a great location right in St. Anthony, right on St. Anthony Boulevard, like where you ultimately want to live in that area. It was like but the being, cat owned the house, no, not listen, the people. It was like a gas chamber. <laughs> It was. Literally, yeah. when you walked in, you had to find something to put over your your whole face. Like, wow. where is the you know hazmat suit yeah. for this? It was rough. We yeah. went in there. I'll I'll never ever forget that. But we, I think we went in and went out extremely fast. Um, like it was. <laughs> we on actually fire. went through the house, which was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so you have some fun stories like that with clients where they're, you know, you're out, you're looking and, but you guys always right from the beginning, you know, kind of felt like you wanted to be in Northeast and we did look a lot around Northeast. Correct. Yeah. There was, there was not a lot to, you know, choose from at that time either. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, it was pretty limited and um, a lot of older homes in Northeast, you know, um, not, you didn't really get the new construction. So you had to go with whatever you got at that (laughs) point. Right. And so. Um, I guess maybe when we come back from our break, let's talk a little bit more about how you figured out where you wanted to be, what neighborhood, and let's talk about some of the differences. And then also let's talk about the neighborhoods in Jamaica and the communities there that you're serving with this bikes and, and why bikes. Um, but in the meantime, I also want to let all of our listeners know that if you have a bike or a wheelchair, um, what else do you collect to bring to Jamaica? You know, it's primarily bikes, wheelchairs, walkers. We're all about upward mobility. So we always, we have this belief that when people can move, things happen. Yes. And so, so if you have any of these items and you'd like to donate to One Love Brigade, they are a 5013C. So you can legitimately write this off as a tax deduction. You can drop off any of those items at any of our REMAX results locations. We have 38 locations in the metro, and I personally will go and get those items and bring them to JP, to One Love Brigade. For sure, and they make a huge difference. I mean, these are life-changing things. One bike affects hundreds of lives. The wheelchairs are huge. Um, We get requests every day from children across the island that, that, you know, don't have the ability to move. So any yeah. anything you can help us out with, we'll send you the photos of us giving your wheelchair, your walker, your bicycle away. And that's the payoff. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, we'll have more information about the One Love Brigade from JP. We're also going to help you with some information on how you can find the right neighborhood as you are looking uh, to move. If you have any questions, the number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon. Also in studio, we have Mimi Shoneman, who you can always find if you go to uh, her website. So remind everybody again where they can find you during the week, Mimi. Absolutely. MNRedHotRealEstate.com. And you can always call 651-578-2218. And if you call us here, you can get a copy of those guides that you update every quarter. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so yeah. you can find... And now we're in fall, even yes. though if you look out the window, you don't think it is. No. So, yeah, don't get me started on that but yeah (laughs) we have uh, things to consider when buying and selling guides for 2018 for fall 
Um, and I'm confident that it's going to warm up. That's what I'm told. Oh, yes, definitely. It's yeah. not going to stay this there way. There you go. No. Um, so we're fortunate to have uh, J.P. Liesenfeld, John Liesenfeld in studio. And I've been texted that I need to enunciate better that it's One Love Brigade. Okay. <laughs> not One Love for Gabe. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't know. Gabe is probably a worthy individual, yeah. but that is not what we are doing. Yeah, no, it's not Gabe. It's a brigade. <laughs> okay. Brigade. <laughs> there you go. So um, now we knew how you got it started. So you got down to Jamaica and um, they you saw that there was a need for these mobility for mobility. So people could get back and forth to school and people could get back and forth to work. And so that spurred the whole concept, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd met a guy and I thought to myself, you know, in the U.S. we have so many bikes and people throw them away if the tires are bald. And, you know, they just get rid of them and they end up in landfills. And I, you know, I told this rich guy I know from Chicago is out drinking. Imagine that. (laughs) And I told him, I want to bring two bikes. I want to bring a few bikes to Jamaica. And he goes, JP, there's no way that you can bring bikes to Jamaica. And that was, then it was like, now it's Challenge, on. right, it's challenge. Mm-hmm. So we brought 114 our first <laughs> year. And then um, the next year we brought 300 and it's just kind of grown and it turned into the wheelchair thing too with um, parents, you know, saying I have three boys and they go, I, I have three children, but I need two bikes. And I thought that's kind of odd. And I said, well, what's up with the, you know, why don't you need three bikes? And they said, well, one of our, my, one of my um, sons has cerebral palsy and he just lays in bed and there's nothing we can do. And I, I right. said, I go, well, th- why doesn't he have a wheelchair? And she goes, oh, we don't have wheelchairs. So it turned into this personal mission of finding a wheelchair for this one kid and then it just exploded into the need all across the island. So, JP, you do bikes, you do wheelchairs, you do, uh, you said the walkers will do those. And we do have a call and they want to know if you'd also take scooters. So I'm presuming the, the, the kick scooters, not, you know, I think. So do you take those as well? Yeah, we do. The one problem with scooters, we will take them, but there's nothing really level in Jamaica as far Got as it. land. Um, the only thing smooth is the, the runway, which isn't that smooth. <laughs> um, but, you know, we do take the scooters and those will primarily go to the children homes we we deal uh. with the robin's nest children's home which is minnesota based and funded um but in redding jamaica Got let's it. talk about that a little bit because you were telling me that before the show started so you have a friend that is a minnesota based person and she started also a nonprofit, which is an orphanage is that right correct okay and so what are some of the needs you've supplied them with bikes for all of those people and you were telling me that you know sometimes they'll just go out and they'll find that there's a child or two just waiting there that they just people just drop them off. Yeah, my a good friend of mine, you know, I have a few different uh, children's homes we work with, but uh, I was talking to a friend of mine and she was like, JP, the other day I walked to the end of the driveway and there was a baby just mm-hmm. laying at the end of the driveway and, you know, maybe two months old and just laying there in the middle of the dirt and um, people drop the kids off if they can't afford to take care of them, which is pretty common in Jamaica. And the hardest part is that they don't know who they are, right. who they belong to, where they were born to. So adopting the kids from Jamaica is extremely hard because you have to make up a fake birth date. Right. You have to claim that you are the biological parents, even though when they look at us, they know we definitely, this isn't our child. <laughs> Correct. But, you know, we're, it's, it's we're a, the only ones that can fill in the information. So yeah. you are creating a history for them. Correct. So, but the need is overwhelming when you see the kids there um, and it's heartbreaking, but there's a lot of great children's homes in Jamaica and we try to hit as many as we can with bikes and, you know, whatever they need, a lot of supplies. And so some of the neighborhoods that you 
you serve in Jamaica when you go and you go every year, right? Correct. Okay. So you go, you fly into Montego Bay. Yep. And then where, where all do you go when you're there? We are based in the grill. That okay. is our, our base. So we're based in the grill and then we work our way across the island um, through, you know, Montego Bay and Ocho's Rios and all the way into um, Portland and Spanish town and nine miles through Kingston and all the way back. So this year we're planning to hit 30 schools because next year we're going to rebuild another school. We built one last year and we saved it from being shut down. And they actually just told me that they've accepted another 35 kids oh, um, this year. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Is the school part of the orphanage or is that separate? You know, at the Robins Nest Children's Home, the Minnesota based one, they actually have a school there that they serve about 50 kids. Um, every every day go to school there, plus they have the children's home. So it's kind of multi-purpose. Okay, so um, so you, how do you, it, what logistics do you have to go through? I know that you have to get the container here in Minnesota, which you're a nonprofit and you're also, you take no salaries, no volunteers are paid anything. Correct. Okay, so this is pure grassroots going on right here. Guaranteed. And, okay, so you started out with a uh, 140 bikes when you were challenged to bring three. Yeah. So you you took that on. How many years has the nonprofit been going on? This will be our fifth year now, as far as up and running. So we're we're still extremely broke, but that's all right. I, I always <laughs> thought to myself, if we had everything, maybe it wouldn't be as exciting. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But let's give it a try and see if it would be. Yeah. So, so JP, if people want to donate funds, then that'll go to uh, actually like renting the container and the things that you need in order to ship things down there. So the hard costs as far as getting the bikes down there, but then they also need donations of the tangible bikes themselves. Yeah, we okay. we get very we're very blessed. We have a, a Caribbean carrier that donates the shipping. I'm on the ocean because they actually have adopted kids from Jamaica, the guys that own Oslo's Caribbean carriers. Mm -hmm. And so we're um, very blessed in that fact. But it still costs us once we hit um, Kingston, which is where our container goes into. We look at about five to seven thousand dollars in customs fees, stripping fees, brokers, import and export and then trucking. um, It's very expensive. And Jamaica's ranked the second worst country in the world to ship to. Right. So it's it's very and we're a charity. So we're technically tax free but mm-hmm. we're still looking at five to seven thousand dollars depending on the the mood of the customs agent right because they're like today we cause more correct yeah, which is i'm sure it's always a floating thing for you guys yep but does it get better the more that they know you do you get the same people over time it has gotten better in the the government starting to recognize us which in jamaica takes i would say 10 years so we'll probably have another five years before that but they they definitely know that container when it gets to customs and they open it up and there's hundreds of bikes. They're like, here we go again. <laughs> you know? Right. So it's, so what's the website where people can look up One Love Brigade information? Yep. Yeah, if, if you just go to onelovebrigade.com, you'll see all the photos. You'll see our past missions. And like I say, Mimi was talking about the fact that we are no salary nonprofit. We have no admin fees. None of us get paid a penny. Trust me, it costs me thousands of dollars every year. And my wife threatens to kill me at least once. <laughs> or twice a year. Um, You're like, I'm getting us into heaven, honey. Relax. There you go. Relax. (laughs) So about these bikes and wheelchairs, let's talk about that. So you don't need brand new ones, although that would be nice, I'm sure. Um, What kind of condition do they come in? You know, we get a lot of different, the wheelchairs can really range in quality. We've gotten some that we can't take, but we're pretty open. I mean, a lot of, we know of a kid right now who's 12 years old that 
uh, goes to school and he doesn't have tires on the wheelchair. So he's just riding around on metal rims. So mm -hmm. we take whatever we can get and bring them out there. So in the bikes, the big thing for us is, you know, a lot of people drop off bikes, which we greatly appreciate. But sometimes the tires are completely bald and a set of tires is $30. We can actually buy brand new bikes from a huge bike manufacturer for 30 bucks. Right. So it gets to a point where you have to make that call of, are we going to sink two tires and 30 bucks into this bike? Or am I going to jump on Craigslist and buy a really Another nice bike. bike for 10 bucks? You know, so I have to make that decision, but we'll take the parts and anything we can salvage off the bike and we bring those to Jamaica as well. Okay. And so do you guys have like a, a place there where you're where you're training people on bike repair and maintenance and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we actually have a few different bike shops we're setting up this year. So we have um, we, it's a local community based bike shop where the children will be able to go get you know a bike tire for a dollar. Um, awesome. So they can actually afford to repair the bike and they can go there and repair them for free. That's really cool. So um, we're talking to J.P. Liesenfeld. He is the founder of One Love Brigade and a local radio celebrity here with 93X. You may recognize the cool voice. <laughs> He's got that vibe going on. Um, I won't make him sing, but maybe we'll get him next, <laughs> next time. That. Yeah, but we are promoting the fact that he is collecting bicycles, wheelchairs, um, strollers, anything that will make mobility better. And they're taking them to Jamaica. And so we're fortunate in REMAX results. We have 38 offices here in the Twin Cities Metro. And if you have something that, that matches that criteria, please uh, call us, 651-578-2218, or text uh, and let us know that you have something to drop off. You can drop it off of any one of our REMAX results locations. And I personally will go and get it and get it to J.P. Liesenfeld so he can bring those to Jamaica. Well, I still want to know about the great uh, experience of helping him find the right neighborhood. So yes. let's make sure we cover that when we return on the Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk 107.1. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon in studio. Also, Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results, as always. And we also have a special guest today. JP is here talking about One Love Brigade and how you can get involved. And part of the reason why you guys know each other is that, JP, you were like one of Mimi's fledgling uh, uh, clients out there. How to say. Well, he, he didn't know. <laughs> Because I'm a fake it till you make it kind of girl. <laughs> it worked. It worked. But obviously, it does. It does go back to what we say so often. This is about building these relationships and how we do start deciding. That, okay, we're going to buy a home, and we look at it sometimes like this is going to be where I die. And it's like, no, this is a, th a process where this is the right home for you right now. But as your life evolves, as your family changes, and as you go through these different transitions. You need to build a relationship with somebody like Mimi so that you can go, well, you know, it's been seven years. Now I'm expanding my family or I want to get a dog or this neighborhood doesn't you know, fit suit me anymore. Yeah. So it is finding the right relationship for where you are in life. Right, Mimi? Yeah. I mean, can you believe we've been knowing each other since 2007? That is crazy. Yeah. When I think about it. But it was I'll never forget it. Obviously, the you know, <laughs> when we met and then. Um, going through the process of buying a house, we'd obviously we both were first time home buyers, my wife and I. And once we'd you know looked at several places with Mimi, we found 
um, a property. We were super excited. And then, you know, she helped us obviously lock that down. And it was even the property we found, I was, Mimi and I were kind of chatting about it. Um, we had found the property, looked at it. And then right after we got done looking at it, Mimi got a call that, hey, they've already accepted another offer. Oh, okay. So we, my wife and I took off. Um, we were down and out, pretty sad. So we went, flew out to Jamaica. We got married and literally, like 20 minutes after, you know, we said I do and got married, my phone rings and I'm looking at my phone. It's Mimi. And I'm like, I'm like, what is she calling for? You know, maybe she found a house or something. So she calls me and she goes, JP. And I go, what? And she goes, do you want that house? You know, on Stinson Boulevard. And I go, well, yeah, we love that house, but there's an offer. She goes, the lady didn't show up to closing. Oh, okay. So, so, so you got it. So next thing you know, she goes, can you, do you want it? And I go, yeah. So I was, you know, I didn't, I remember like later that night I told my wife, I'm like, Hey, we bought a house. <laughs> You're like, Almost. congratulations. Yeah. My wife's like, what are you talking about? You know what I'm like? Mimi just called and said that that house, you know, on Stinson is available. And I said, I told her we'll take it. And the lady didn't show up to closing and we literally landed the next day we closed on the house. Congratulations. So um, it is just sometimes just dreams out there. And sometimes you get married and you get a house the right. next day. You know, and everything <laughs> moves all at the same time. It was fast. Yeah. So, I mean, because when you're looking, and so, I mean, I, I, I know that a lot of times there are certain things that you as a realtor, Mimi, can only give people so much information. So you kind of have to know how to find what key things are important to you, right? Because you can't steer them. No, I can't. Right. And mm. so that's the biggest, the hardest thing there is for realtors is to, somebody says, you say to me, JP, I just want to be in a good neighborhood in Northeast. Right. Yep. And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about what that looks like because what you think is a good neighborhood and what I think is one could be completely different. Right. So I'm just going to ask you right now, what do you think is a good neighborhood? good to have in a neighborhood you know i think the obviously the the homes surrounding your home make a big deal so you look for like myself it was like hey do the neighbors care about their lawn um and then you think about traffic i mean i remember where we live we're off stinson boulevard and a lot of people are like really scared of a busy road right where i looked at it like this is a snow emergency route i know i'm <laughs> I'm going to be able to get to work. Yes. Right. Yeah. So. so for us, we loved it. And I think a good neighborhood, you know, you look at the schools, um, you look at things like that and think to yourself, like, okay, if we have a kid, do, do I want my child going to this school? Because right. this is the school they're going to be going to. Right. And you didn't have kids. Well, you had a grown kid. That yeah. Wasn't in the picture about the schools here. Yep. But that didn't, I don't remember. Maybe you did. And my memory has been 14 years. <laughs> How much research do you say you did on the schools, or did you already feel like you knew the area? We knew the area, and I I grew up northeast, so I went to you know schools in that area. So I right. kind of knew the area, and there was some that I didn't like as a kid growing up, and I <laughs> I didn't want to you know put my child into that school or right. that location. And when we ended up in St. Anthony, St. Anthony had like award winning schools, and like it's kind of like you're so close to Minneapolis, but I'm in northeast technically. You're yeah. kind of you know kissing northeast from St. Anthony. <laughs> And you're just that close. And so for us, it's just kind of that combination of being close to Minneapolis, downtown, um, being able to get on all the highways was a big deal. And we love the location and the old school, like neighborhood feel to it. Yeah. So Mimi, when you hear that, like one of the things that I hear when people are like looking for neighborhoods, they go, well, I want to be in a neighborhood that either is all residential and doesn't have like multi-use buildings or doesn't have uh, apartments or is there a lot of rentals? Like what, how important should I weigh those kind of things when I'm buying a house? You know, so if a developer, you know, a, de a developer is going to be doing all sorts of research to figure out what's going on in a certain area. And so they do a ton of due diligence. If somebody's moving in and developing something, that's actually a good sign. 
unless it's right across the street from you. Okay. You know, because that means that money is coming into your community, but it also can change the traffic pattern. Right. Um, it could, you know, change a whole lot of things. Maybe the school district will get rezoned. So if you're close to a certain school district and you're thinking, yay, my, my son or daughter is going to be able to go to this school and then they rezone you. Um, to the middle school that you, you know, didn't got in a fight with Johnny at the <laughs> monkey bars. Yeah. You know, so now you're emotionally wounded. So over you're it. like, For do sure. I have to move? Cause Johnny's now the principal. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, little stuff like that. You, you do want to pay attention to what's going on developmentally in the community to make a decision. But typically what it comes down to, and it all comes down to money. Right. Right. Because you're going to tell me, I can afford to pay two fifty, mm-hmm. and I, this is what I want in a house, and this is what I hope to have in a house. And we try to find your wish list to the best that we can that fits in your budget. And so sometimes your dream of being in you know Beltrami um, in Northeast is mm-hmm. going to be squashed because we can't find that to fit into your budget. Did we have any budget problems when we were looking? I don't think it was that big. I knew we had our pre-approval letter or whatever, so we kind of knew what we could spend. So we had a a good idea, and we were kind of, you know, we looked at, I'd say we probably looked at 10 houses in that area, 10, 12 houses, and when we found the last one, um, we loved it, even though it was built in like 1951 or something like that, but we loved the old school construction. Um, We loved the neighborhood, and I I loved, we we have a a three-and-a-half-car garage, so as a male I could have cared less if there was a house. I just was like... He didn't even care about plumbing, just that garage. Uh, He's like, I'll go outside. It's yeah. fine. Well, what is enough information for you, Amimi? Like, if I'm going as a potential buyer, uh, what is I'm too specific in my wants and not specific enough to actually be a good client for you so the the people that i work with that really don't care that would live anywhere right that is the hardest client to please got you why is that because well just the difference in the the different cities Mm -hmm. like if you really don't care and it's all just about the money i just want a house you could be looking in you know lindstrom and then you could be down in apple valley or you could be you know over in wisconsin and then then it becomes you can almost see it happening on their face where they are so confused by this huge, vast area that they get paralyzed a lot of times. And so it's better to work with somebody that says, I only really like this area or maybe uh, two or three. And you hone it down. Okay. You go down, down, down. So I could say, I like Western suburbs. So then you can go, okay, I want to look in Robbinsdale, Crystal, Plymouth, you know, something like that. Yeah. At that kind of area is appropriate? It is going to be defined first and foremost by what you can afford. Okay. If you are fortunate enough to have, you know, a huge budget, then that's going to be able to tweak what you want in an area. You know, so, you know, look at the different school districts like in within Plymouth, for instance, Mm -hmm. you've got your 281, you know, schools and then you've got the you've got three different school districts and it's so different. So where do you want your child to go to school? And and you can almost see the price change based on the school system. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. I mean, I know taxes on our side of of Stinson Boulevard are three times what they are in Minneapolis. Right. So if you cross the street, it's. (laughs) You're saving so much money, which as a home buyer at the time, we didn't care. We were just excited. Like, Mimi, give us the keys. We don't care how much this place is. And we loved it. But, you know, we pay more in taxes. But 
you know, we have a really great um, infrastructure. Right. Um, love the schools. And I loved, I mean, I went to Minneapolis schools my whole life, too, and they're incredible schools as well. So I kind of had the chance to do both. But as somebody who wanted, you know, really good schools for our kids, even though we didn't have one. You're like, uh, eventually, I need to pay for this. Yeah. But I get that. Like that, you know, that does kind of like. You know, I'm one of those people as well that I'm like, even though my son is not in this school district, I want the school district to be well because I think it's good for the community. Absolutely. So that would be something that would be important to me. It totally is good. Um, and so, you know, you definitely have to look at your your I have to have this list. And then you look at your secondary list of, OK, if I can't have exactly what I want, then this is what I would settle for. And somewhere, hopefully in between, you're going to come to a nice compromise and get mostly what you want but if you are following hgtv mm-hmm. and you're completely addicted and you see these people get everything that they want for what they say they can pay you may find yourself a little disappointed because that is not reality That's a tv show yeah yes. it's a reality tv show yes it's a show um one of the other things that you might use to gauge a neighborhood is the the big national coffee chains okay okay so they have done all of their homework and their due diligence about what neighborhood is going to be able to support that. Oh, so if you okay. see that in your neighborhood, that's a pretty good indicator that that neighborhood is pretty stable. Right. Right. You don't want to move into something where, where prices are declining. You want to move someplace where they're appreciating. Right. Because you hope and that that's an indicator of what things are going to happen in the future. So you definitely want to do that. And the other thing to look for is that are you seeing like... Um, contractor trucks and things in the neighborhood are people doing stuff to fix their house up or does it look kind of ratty right you know like maybe things are depreciating so people are the the neighborhood is getting more and more run down right so if you see a lot of you know construction crews you see roofers you see a lot of ladders things like that that is a fairly good indicator that you know people care over there and they're doing their part to fix it up so when you bought your house was there much to fix up you know, the house was pretty much ready to go. It was it was built, like I say, in the 50s, so it was rough. Like, we walked in, it had a built-in, you know, you know you bought an old house when in your kitchen there's a built-in desk at the um, end of your, like, cabinet. So I'm like, <laughs> this is pretty old, but my wife, like Mimi, you know, said, watches HGTV, and I want to sue them um, because... <laughs> My my wife literally. It gives you all kinds of ideas. Yeah, so I'm, many ideas. I mean, we ripped out everything. One day I left for work and I came home and there was a commercial dumpster in my driveway. <laughs> and I'm not lying to you. My wife had sledgehammered the entire kitchen That's and I'm weird. ripped everything out. She didn't even tell me. Not a text like, "Hey, I'm ripping the kitchen Aww. out today." Um, but yeah, she's ripped you came out. home and she had on her safety glasses and a yeah, <laughs> and a she, hammer in her hand. You're giving me ideas. <laughs> oh, trust me. <laughs> she's anytime I leave town, I'm terrified. That but, probably worked out for you though. I'm sure she took a lot of aggression out on. On that house. <laughs> yeah. So you had a lot of leeway. I'm like, you could just not show up, not put your socks in the, you know, in the, the hamper or anything yeah. for weeks because she was already zen. Yeah. I mean, she had sold all the appliances on Craigslist <laughs> by the time I got home. <laughs> And I'm not lying. Wow. I mean, my wife, I give her credit because she's good at this. But I, I mean, it's weird when you drive up to your house and there's a dumpster where you can't park your car in the car. You know, I mean, you can fit a truck in this dumpster. And I could see that all of our cabinets and everything were hanging out the top of this dumpster. And I figured, well, she was probably watching HGTV. <laughs> How long did it take you to do the remodel once she had gutted the house? It was a month and a half of uh, eating at Applebee's two for 20. <laughs> and I was in tears. Like, I can't. Uh, I lived out of Applebee's for a month and a half. And my wife, <laughs> I mean, the, the kitchen's amazing now. She added a pasta line and the granite. And she went all out. But it, it was a great experience. But, you know, it was, I wish she would have maybe sent me a text. Like, <laughs> 
Like, hey, I'm ripping the kitchen out today. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to have more information on JP's uh, charitable aspect out there, the One Love Brigade, and give you some more tips on how you can find the right neighborhood of your dreams when we return on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 107.1. I'm Miss Shannon. Mimi Shoneman for Remax Results is here as always. And then we have our good friend JP from 93X hanging in here. And we're not talking radio today. We are talking about not only your relationship with Mimi, but we're also talking about the great charity that you have. Also, One Love Brigade. And we'll give everybody the website again. That's onelovebrigade.com because that's an easy way to see how they can get involved. And you have an event that's coming up really soon. Like we're down to the wire for your next trip, right, JP? Yeah, we're going to be shipping everything October 22nd. So the 22nd of this month and the 21st of this month, we're having our final container or container loading party. Um, and we're going to be out in East Bethel, Minnesota at Daystar Management, which is where we store our containers. So we'll be getting our personal container we purchased out delivered there. And we're going to be ripping everything out of the two containers we have, deciding gotcha. what's good, what's bad, yeah. and what's going to go. And then we'll load the container, and we've got um, free Blue Mountain coffee. Um, we always bring T-shirts and stuff to give away. And then we grill, so it's free food, free drinks. Plus, you can teach your child the art of giving. Yes. And it's a beautiful thing to show your kids, like, hey, even if you bring your bike out, um, it's the neatest thing for you to give us the bike. We, you know, they, the, your child can watch us through Facebook. Um, there are live videos and whatnot. Give that bike away. And I think there's a lot of people that are like me where I have that kid that's in that transitional age where he shoots up like an inch every six months. So we've gone through a bike every year. And it's not that the bikes even run down. He's just too big for the bike. And so we've donated to other uh, uh, organizations in town. So it's good to know that One Love Brigade exists because it's like, all right, we can put them there. We know where they're going. And I think that that helps a lot of people when they're making their purchasing decisions to know that, well, this isn't going to go to waste. This is actually going to go to somebody in need that this will change their life. Oh, it's life changing. There are no public transportation as far as buses for children to get to school. So some right. kids walk up to five miles a day just to get to school. So these bikes, they're life-changing because not only, you know, the bikes aren't polluting the air with gasoline right. or oil, they don't need insurance. I mean, we gave one guy a bike and he actually mounted a burner on the front of it and a gas tank, like a propane tank behind him, behind the seat, and he serves soup. So he's riding wow. around with a burning hot kettle of soup and he survives and actually supports his entire family from the bike we gave him. That's wow. amazing. And then you're making it easier for people to make their donations because you're saying that people, Mimi, you're like, you can drop them off in any of the Remax results. Yeah, we've mm -hmm. got 38 offices throughout the whole metro. So whatever office that we have, Remax results, um, there are lots of Remaxes, but it's our Remax results. You can drop it off there. And I personally will coordinate getting those bikes to JP and One Love Brigade. Um, so whatever's easiest for you, if you don't know which office is closest, all you have to do is call 651-578-2218. We'll make that happen. Um, but your donations need to happen by about the 20th of October at the latest. Correct. The big push right now is we we have the ocean end of it taken yep. care of, but we have to come up with about 3500 bucks to, okay. to get our container from um, Minneapolis all the way to Alabama to the port. Okay. So again, you can make those donations and get involved if you go to JP. 
JP's website, onelovebrigade.com, because the information's there, and then that can link you also to, like, your Facebook page that has the information about the container loading party and the events that are coming up as well. But it's also one of those things, this is a good time, uh, you know, a good transitional time. Like, you're already trying to figure out, I'm going to have to use my garage more. We're yes. getting to that time of year. Maybe I need to make some space. I had this bike sitting in there that was just sitting there because I hadn't really made it a priority to donate it or get it anyplace else. And now we have a great opportunity for it. Well, a lot of times, too, people's bikes are sentimental, um, mm-hmm. not only to the child or person, but to the family members, too. They, you have all these memories. And so it's a beautiful thing to be able to think that you can actually donate something like that and, and actually change somebody's life. And so, you know, when I first heard about you collecting bikes, I was like, well, that's nice. But I didn't get the deeper uh, the deeper meaning of why that would be so helpful. So kind of remind everybody the bikes and the wheelchairs and the, the walkers, all of those things, they go to help people deeper than, than just the surface. Oh, it's true. We have, you know, one family, will, they'll have one bike and the three kids share it. Um, you know, several times we've given out wheelchairs to people that have, you know, been had their legs amputated due to accidents or injuries or right. or things. So those are really big. We went to an infirmary and it looked like the place is abandoned, like there was nobody outside. Well, we dropped off like 30 walkers and suddenly everybody was outside. So those walkers just give people the ability to move. So we think of like movement just creates opportunity and it's going to push everything forward. Right. And so some of the other things that you were talking about, like uh, I noticed a post that you had about um, coolers. Correct. Tell the story about that. The coolers. Well, we one year I went down there and if you try to buy a styrofoam cheap, you know, rundown cooler in Jamaica is thirty eight dollars. Oh, my goodness. For okay. A, for a three dollar cooler here in the States. Well, we bring these coolers down. So now I collect coolers and I take them down and I'll teach the hotel workers and the locals how to rent them because, you know, they're making forty dollars a week. So I, I'll grab the cooler and I'll show them, hey, I'll grab a tourist and I'll say, hey, for 20 bucks this week, you can rent this cooler and it's going to save you so much money. You don't have to spend all your money at the bar and on right. drinks you can keep it because they don't you don't have a fridge in your room no so i would teach them they first thought it was crazy and i've started renting them in front of them and i'd write like sharon on it <laughs> and i'd give it to sharon the housekeeper right. and um they've you know contact me and like jp this is like made my life so much better just by having a cooler now they've doubled their income that's amazing. That's just so, so awesome that you are making these connections for all of these people. Because most of us, we go through life and, you know, you just don't think about it, you oh. know. And it's and I'm and I'm I, I appreciate all of our friends that we're all blessed and we get to kind of like just float through life oblivious. But, you know. Instead of doing that, the fact that JP, that you're like, let's stop down and actually see what the quality of life is for these other people that are in my frame. That's fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. it's moving. You know, Mm -hmm. when you get down there, you're very every year. I just it's so humbling when you come back. I just feel so blessed. I feel so lucky for everything I have. Tell the story about the the wheelchair that you had to leave with a, a taxi and how the, your whole story about that. Yeah, we had the one child um, that had cerebral palsy. Well, we had to team up. We actually teamed up with like Gillette's Children's Hospital um, to get a uh, a wheelchair that was able to handle a child with cerebral palsy. So I was right. begging them and they're like, JP, and I'm like, please. So the guys said, we got you, JP. And they we got this wheelchair and I brought it down there and we were leaving. We were stuck in customs. We had like an hour before we caught our plane. And so I grabbed a driver and I gave him the wheelchair with like $120. And I'm like, 
this wheelchair and it had to travel across the entire island. So he teamed up with every route taxi because they only drive certain <laughs> certain places. And they made this wheelchair somehow travel across the entire island. I didn't have cell phone service, hadn't eaten in two days. So I got barely made my plane, had to run to the plane like in the movies, got on the plane and I got home and, you know, I'm exhausted. I look like I'm in prison and um, I get in the car and my wife's like, you okay? And I'm like, not really. And she's like, have you seen the photos? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I haven't had, you know, the internet for days. And she pulls up this picture of the kid in the wheelchair and I was like sobbing going, I can't believe that it made it. And it worked. You know, it's like, and that was out of that whole container, that whole semi, that was the most personal item for me was to promise that we'd get it there. Yeah, because you didn't know. You just left it and, and had a lot of trust. That guy could have taken the 120 bucks and, and sold just the left wheelchair. it on the side of the road. He could have done yeah. whatever. You and know? you made his life too, right? Oh, I mean, it, $120 and I'm sure got divvied up with the other taxi people. Yeah, I mean, it was the most incredible thing in I've ever done in my life. Well, everybody can be a part of those amazing stories. You go to onelovebrigade.com. And it is just, again, as we're sitting here and going, we get the luxury of going, let's pick the perfect neighborhood. Let's go. Let's sit down and go, Okay, well, where am I going to be here? And I get to sit there and think about, does it have the right walkway for me? Are there enough lights at night? And then to actually be able to go, well, I guess I can get this done today because Look at what these other people are dealing with. Yes. And, you know, if you are somebody that's paralyzed by the decision of trying to figure out where should I live or where can Mm -hmm. I live, that's something that we're trained to do. And we can help guide you through you making those tough choices. We understand that it's a tough choice. I mean, where you live is important and we don't take that for granted. And so, you know, we can help you kind of map that out and, and work it out for you. Um, but I do want to um, just let JP know how much I respect what you're doing and giving back. It's amazing and just honored to know you. Yeah, I've, I'm very blessed to know you, too. So trust me, we wouldn't have, wouldn't have found our house without you. And I feel very lucky to do this. You know, I just I'm I'm the lucky one. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's it's an honor to be able to do it every year, even though it's a lot of work and stress. It's it's when you see a kid smile. It pays off. Yeah, hundreds and hundreds of kids. How many bikes do you think you'll be taking this year? Three to 500. Wow, congratulations, wow. JP. And also um, walkers and, and wheelchairs? Oh, yeah. Okay. We're, we're loaded up for sure. Okay, and you have room for more. We do. We do have a little bit of room left. Not a ton, but we do have some. And um, everything we can get down there, we, we pack that container from the floor to the ceiling. Right. And if you're listening and this sounds like something that's touching your heart, you can actually donate. They need money to get the container from Minnesota to the port in Alabama because that part of their process, um, something changed. And so that partner d- is no longer. And so they do need money to cover that so that that was once donated. And so you have a, a link on both Facebook and your website where people can? Yep, yep, you can do that. And right now we actually got a company that stepped up and they wanted to remain anonymous because they didn't want any publicity. But for the next $1,000 we raise, they will match it dollar for dollar. So if you can give us a dollar, they're going to match it a dollar up to $1,000. So for us, that's half of our battle already by just people helping us out. And like I said, when you give us 
anything where it, it all goes to the people. Like yeah. none of us are getting anything, I promise. Right. And you can also buy really cool things like coffee. And you said that the coffee that you buy is really true, authentic Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee. Yeah, the coffee that you'll find in your stores and whatnot, it'll say Jamaican Blue Mountain, but that's actually usually a 10% blend. This is 100% authentic Blue Mountain coffee. We get it. It's hand roasted and over an open fire. And Perfect. they can purchase that on your website. Yep. So again, that website is onelovebrigade.com. And Mimi, if they want to build a relationship with you, what's your website again? mnredhotrealestate.com. So make sure you guys get involved. Go out there. This is a great opportunity for you and your family to do some good that will touch a lot of people. So again, onelovebrigade.com. And we'll see you next time on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. bills on time not maxing out credit cards yes give yourself credit you can get closer to big goals like home ownership by taking small steps to build up your credit level up your credit knowledge at fannie mae.com slash credit education your story it lives in river city where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives.